Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into The Fire podcast. I'm on again with Bill. Hello. We're back to Game of Thrones and um, we're at the next Tyrion chapter. Uh, as I said in the last uh, Game of Thrones episode, um, in the illustrated edition there's a picture of... Um, Back in Aegon's Conquest with the three dragons um, burning some soldiers and... Oh, let's have a look at that. Oh, yeah, here you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, they're getting fried and it's a very big dragon, too. Would you say that's bigger than likely? Oh, that's the biggest one. That's yeah. going to be Beleriand yeah. the Black Tread. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see the other two off in the background no. So, starting with Tyrion, um, he's heading north, accompanying Jon Snow to the Night's Watch because he wants to, you know, sightsee the wall. And he wants to actually see the wall, in his words, take a piss off it. Yeah, that's Tyrion lines. for you. So... And so Tyrion's, you know, traveling north, and he's thinking about how much he knows maps, but, um, they're on a path that doesn't look like anything that's on the map. They're already past the King's Road. No, they're on the King's Road, but it's, um, They're past the last landmark. They've gone past the last landmark, and he's no idea It's a wild track, and... Yeah. Um, they left Winterfell the same day as the king left, but in the opposite direction. And, you know, as we already know, the king's got all his free riders and the queen's huge wheelhouse with 40 horses pulling it. Yep. All that commotion. And there are other people that are going to the wall to serve out their sentences, because most of the people... Other than Jon Snow, who's going voluntarily, and I guess a few of whatever. There's not other so noble. many men who join it by choice. Yeah, and it's with Jon Snow, it's quasi voluntary because he's a bastard and all the political. Intrigue. But he he asked to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty strongly implied that his stepmom wanted rid of him, but it's not like he was exactly <laughs> but the other forced there, to go. The other people there have to go because. Yep. That's part of their sentence. They're either going to be, like, killed, or in the case of, uh, several, uh, peasant boys, they're described, <coughs> um, they're described as rapers by Yorin, um, and, you know, the, the, it's a, That's it's a very said, common punishment for, um, crimes like that. It said you get to choose between that or castration, so, um... So, five men, three boys, and a dire wolf, 20 horses, and a cage of ravens, and... And Benjamin Stark is there, too, because he's heading back to yep. Castle Black, where he lives. Yep. Oh. Apparently, they let people... <laughs> I'm sure not everybody, but... Um, apparently, they do let people sometimes go and visit... Part of me wonders if that's one of those things that the highborns get and the peasants don't. 
I mean, it's never spelled out, but... I, I feel like that's an implication, at least. Um, and... <coughs> um, get some it's, nice, descri- uh... it's described that Yorin and uh, the two boys are smell really bad. They're gross. They, have they got lice, lice and their clothing yeah. is gross. And... and, you know, they're described as stupid as they were cruel. So... Um, there's a nice description of the northern landscape, how it's actually getting you know, flatter and um, there's narrow rivers, stone bridges over them and um, small farms and hold fast. Yeah. And um, then you get further on, you're getting the flint hills that are rising higher mm-hmm. and uh, more trees and these areas are going to have more significance in the story later on. Um, for one thing, there's actually a house called the Flints that live there, but um, they don't come in just yet. And yeah, Tyrion's actually not so comfortable with all this riding and being out in the cold, but he doesn't want to give Benjamin Stark any uh, satisfaction by. Um, Complaining about it. Yeah, because Benjamin Stark is basically a um, ben- Benjamin Stark doesn't like him because you know he's a uh, Lannister. He's a Lannister, and Stark's Lannister is not on the best of terms. And um, yeah, basically uh, Tyrion, of course, he's trying to make it sound like oh, it's going to be terrible, and it is. It's going to be very hard. Uh, there are no wins there in Benjamin's word, but. Tyrion said, you'll find somewhere to put me. Uh, and there was, um, Benjen had offered Tyrion a tattered, musty-smelling bearskin to be warmer, and, um, Tyrion thinks that he was expected to decline, but oh, he's a Lannister, he's not gonna decline that. And yep. So, yeah, he took that and kept it. So, but either way, it's getting uh, colder and more rugged, and yeah, Tyrion is, he may not be as used to comforts as some characters, but he is used to comforts. He's used to being able to be warm and have good wine and stuff like that at his disposal. And you're seeing less and less of signs of other people, farms and whatnot, the further north they're getting. Yep. And um, when they make camp, um, Tyrion would um, take his bear fur and his uh, skin of wine and go off and read. Yep. He would go off, put it on his own. Now, he is uh, intrigued by... He is is intrigued by uh, Jon Snow still. And... uh, and, and, and goes to an extent. He's, he's having the, you know, the 18th night of their journey, and he's got rare sweet amber wine from the Summer Isles. Fancy schmancy. Yep. And he's uh, reading a book about the history and property of dragons. <coughs> that he um, borrowed some volumes from the Winterfell Library with permission. Yeah, with permission from Ned. <laughs> Um, 
and um, yeah, he's off reading his book, and uh, it's talking about dragon bone, which is black because of its high iron content, is strong as steel, and yet lighter and far more flexible, and utterly impervious to fire. And the Dragonborn bows are greatly prized by the Dothraki, and small wonder. An archer so armed cannot range any wooden bow. <laughs> so this is, like, supposedly really, really, really good type of... Uh, That's what Daenerys was no. ceremoniously gifted with full expectation that she pass it on to Drogo. Mm-hmm. Remember, I was like, that's a cool bow. Yeah, I'd have to work out seriously to be able to Do use it, it but... I want to keep that. Uh. Yeah, I'd probably just give it to Yao Drogo. Yeah, you're an archer, I'm sure. So, I know we're talking fantasy here, but do you think that makes sense for an animal's bone that's got a lot of iron in it to also be, have... (laughs) <laughs> that kind of lightness and flexibility at the same time. They're probably trying to compare it to like actual bird and reptile bones and stuff like that. And even though iron would just weigh that down completely, so I'm sure and bird it's just bones really... have like a lot of hollow and yeah. porous. So maybe it's somehow hollow but iron. I don't know. Um, it talks about how Tyrion's fascinated with dragons. Uh, there is an animal with extra iron in its teeth. Yeah. Shrews. If you ever um, have looked closely at a picture of a shrew with its mouth open or um, the skull, some but not all species of shrews have iron content in their teeth, which keeps them from wearing down too much when they're, you know, chewing on the exoskeletons of the insects they eat and so on. And it makes the teeth actually have a red. Yeah. Um... So, anyway... Back to dragons and Tyrion. Well, it talks about how Tyrion, uh, during his sister's wedding, he, uh... um, He went to look at the, uh... (coughs) Dragon skulls. Um... And the Targaryens had. So, and it talks about how they were black as onyx, polished smooth, um, and the bone shimmered in the light. The Targaryens had, you know, kept the skulls, you know. Of every single one, probably, if they could. And Robert didn't want to keep them around. I mean, remember, he hates Targaryens. Yeah, he hates Targaryens and probably just doesn't like dragons. But he didn't destroy or dispose of them either. He just put them in the dungeon. Well, how would you dispose of that? It sounds like it would take a lot of resources to... You could always dump it in the ocean. Yeah, that's true. But I don't think he'd waste the resources. I think he'd just put them away and... Not think about them again. Oh, yes, and the teeth of the dragons are also black. Curving knives of black diamond. Yeah. And the flame of the torch was nothing to them. They had bathed in the heat of far greater fires. And Tyrion, as he walked away from it, he felt like the empty um, eye sockets of the dragon skulls were watching him go. Yep. Nineteen skulls, the oldest more than 3,000 years old, the youngest a mere century and a half, and the more recent they got, the smaller they got. Yeah, it's um, fine that there was some sort of degradation there. Like the smaller ones, um... Well, the size of 
mastiff skulls. So that's a big dog, but it's nothing compared to swallow a horse all the way whole size. Yeah. And the skulls were starting to be misshapen. And, you know, those were the last ones, and as far as we know, so I'm, it hit the last ones anywhere. So, sorry. I'm imagining, you? like, how, like, some... Some dog breeds have pretty different looking skulls um, compared to a wolf or even other dog breeds or and lizards can also get like calcium deficiency conditions where their skull will uh, misshape even like during the lizard's lifetime if that's not corrected yeah so they talk about that and they talk about uh the different ones, and the biggest one being Valerian, the Black Dread. And, um, yeah, how you could have just ridden a horse right down the gullet of, um, Vagar, who wasn't even the biggest one. Yeah. But you wouldn't have ridden out again. Maraxes was bigger, and Valerian, the Black Dread, could have swallowed a whole aurochs or one of the hairy mammoths. That is said to roam the cold waste beyond the port of Ibn. So that gives you an idea of how uh, big that would be. Probably. And uh, his own very far back ancestor, King Lorne of the Rock, had tried to stand against the dragons. I'm not remembering this as well as I should. No, I think he was killed. I imagine it didn't go too well. I mean... This dragon would probably be like a hundred feet to do some of the things. No, he, nope, he wasn't killed. He lived long enough to surrender. And well, pledged his fealty to the Targaryens... And beget a son, so, you know, way down the line, Tyrion could exist. Okay. Yeah. Well, when you say remote, that could mean anything. Yeah, it could. It could. Like, that could have been, like, his great-great-uncle's cousin or something like that. Like, it could have been, like, some sort of, like, distant cousin or an uncle or something like Not that. Not like there aren't various Lannisters all mean, over the West Coast. specifically... But they mean specifically it was a critical ancestor, at least, a grandfather of some kind so and then out of nowhere why do you read so much and Tyrion looks up and there's Jon Snow just kind of watching him yeah and he uh, marks his face in the book with his finger and um closes the book and says look at me and tell me what you see and you know and Jon Snow's kind of looking at him like this is some kind of trick I see you Tyrion <laughs> Lannister and Tyrion's a reaction, you know, typical Tyrion dry wit. You are remarkably polite for a bastard, Snow. What you see is a dwarf. You are what, 12? He's 14. He's 14. Now, so remember, folks, Jon Snow is 14. He's a man. He's a man, but also that's uh, a little different than the, uh, than the show. And, um, Tyrion says, 14, you're taller than I will ever be. And 
talks about how his legs are short and twisted and he walks with difficulty and he needs a special saddle to keep from falling yep. off of his horse. He designed the saddle himself. And it's not it's not an easy thing. It's not a he doesn't have as easy a life. Although Jon Snow doesn't <coughs> in many ways and won't from now on because he's a bastard and he's going to the wall. Um, he says he'll never make a swordsman which um it's true, but later on you do see Tyrion physically fighting in battles and it's... He's doing what he can. Well, he does kill some people. I mean, I don't think that's just too much of a spoiler. Um, um, he says that if he was born a peasant, he might have been just left out to die, or he might have been sold to a slaver's grotesquerie, which would mean, like, a freak show. Yeah, that's um, what that means, basically. But he's... Born a Lannister of Casterly Rock and the grotesqueries of all the poorer things are expected of him. His father was the hand of the king for twenty years. His brother killed that same king. His life is full of these little ironies and his sister has married the new king and his repulsive nephew will be king after him. And he, he must do his part for the honor of the house. He's being quite honest about his feelings here. Yep. And... What can he do if his legs are too small and his head is too large, but just large enough for his mind? And um, his mind is his weapon. My brother has his sword, King Robert has his warhammer, and I have my mind. And a mind needs books as a sword needs a whetstone if it is to keep its edge. Yep. That's why I read so much, Jon Snow. And there's the famous quote. Yep, that's one of the famous interactions there. And they're continuing on to the wall. And... Um, well, there's one interesting bit here. Um, so Jon Snow's listening to all this, and um, Tyrion is looking at him and thinking that he has the stark face, if not the name, and whoever his mother had been, she had left little of herself in her son. Yeah. There's some irony there, not to spoiler, but... It's a little bit. Yeah. That's, we don't, yeah, we're not going to spoil, but we don't know uh, what George was uh, doing with that, so. And, um, John asks him what he's reading about, and, um, says dragons, and John asks what good is that, because there aren't any more dragons. And, um, Tyrion says that it's sad, isn't it? And when he was John's age, he would dream of having a dragon of his own. And John's, like, asking, like, you did suspiciously and thinking maybe Tyrion's making fun of him? Yeah, but he's being honest. And he's like, oh, yeah, I could, uh, even as a stunted, twisted, ugly little boy can look down over the world... When he's seated on a dragon's back. And that's true. That's very true. <laughs> also, come on. Who Anybody honestly, can look down on the world from... Honestly, who would say no to dragons? Who? Would you say no to dragons, listener? No, you would not. Nobody, <laughs> nobody would say no to a dragon. I mean, yeah, it would be 
Probably well, that's somebody a, a who's taking care of my share of reptiles. I'm picturing feeding and housing. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. But, you know, if, you know, you could actually get There's something to There's been quite a few times you. I've thought it like a dragon, but yeah. But if you could get one to obey you. And. Oh, then it gets further interesting. Um, he's talking about how he used to start fires in the bowels of Casterly Rock and just stare at the flame for hours, pretending they were dragon fire. And sometimes he would imagine his father or his sister burning in it. And Jon Snow was just watching Tyrion say this in horror. And yeah, and he thinks that Tyrion tries to challenge him and say, like, oh, you, you haven't thought, thought of thing, this right? yourself? And... and then he brings up some sensitive points about how... He doesn't say, he just says, I'm sure Lady Stark treats you as if you were one of her own. And your brother Rob, he's always been kind. And your father must have good reasons for packing you off to the Night's Watch. And John's all like, stop it, the Night's Watch is noble calling. Which it is. But... Yeah, Tyrion says he's too smart to believe that, and the Night's Watch is in the midden heap for the misfits of the realm, and um, you saw those boys that um, Yorin, the recruiter, you know, brought with him, and they're peasants and debtors and poachers and rapers and thieves, and they're bastards all up in the wall and they're waiting for the crumpkins and snarks and all the other monsters your wet nurse warned you about and the good part is there are no crumpkins or snarks so it's scarcely dangerous work and the bad part is you freeze your balls off but since you're not allowed to breed anyway I don't suppose that matters and John Snow is John loses it and he's <laughs> getting angry and telling him to stop it and Tyrion actually feels guilty and I think Jon Snow is uh, realizing it. it's uh, mostly true. Yeah, well, hey, he hasn't said the, the words s- yet. It's not too late for him to turn around. Except and- for the whole scarcely dangerous part. Even if we ignore uh, what we know is coming, there's still there's uh, still wildlings, wildlings which are talked about, and I imagine like just having wildlings. There would just not be the easiest thing. So. Yeah, they keep pulling the Grumpkins and Snarks line to be like you know, so fantasy like creatures that no one believes in. It's yeah, boogie merits. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, while Jon Snow is getting upset, Tyrion takes. is feeling guilty and he takes a step forward intending that maybe he's going to give Jon Snow a pat on the shoulder and um, he doesn't see the wolf actually pounce on it at him and knock him over um, probably because he stepped toward Jon while he was upset yeah that's what it was and you know that's how dogs can get he probably thought oh this tiny little guy is hurting my master so And, um, (laughs) 
yeah, he tells John to help him up, and, and the John, wolf is between them. Well, John tells him to ask nicely. And, and it's not growling, but it's showing his teeth and staring and hard, which, yeah, in dog body language, that's a... Warning. Oh, that's a pretty serious don't touch. That's more than growling, usually. Growling's usually like a first thing. Growling might be bluster, the silent bare yeah. teeth. Uh, if you don't clear off, you're going to get bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> and Tyrion's okay. Don't help me then. I'll just sit here until you leave. Yep. And John's like petting his wolf and asking me nicely. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Tyrion does ask him nicely, and um, John calls off his wolf and um, obeys right away. Tyrion asks, Why do you attack me? Maybe he thought you were a grumpkin. So there you go. <laughs> and Ty- Tyrion, of course, laughed at that. And uh, says uh, he supposedly does rather look like a grumpkin. What does he do to snarks? In which John says, you don't want to know. And he picks up the wine skin, gives it back to Tyrion, and um, promptly starts drinking the wine. And he offers some to John, which... Um, it's the right thing to do all night. And John asks if it's true about the watch. And, and Tyrion you know, nods. And it's John's like, if that's what it is, that's <laughs> he what it is. He says it is what it is, basically. And um, Tyrion says, that's good, bastard. Most men would rather deny a hard truth than face it. Which, you know, that's going to come up again. And to which... John says, most men, but not you. And Tyrion says, no, not me. And he seldom dreams of dragons anymore because there are no dragons. Alright, I think at this point, with something we should establish about George R. R. Martin that I've noticed a pattern of. I'm still pretty new to him. This is only, like, the second book I've read by him. And I haven't read <laughs> all of his stuff. I've read... You've read most of it. I've read his Game of Thrones stuff. He's written a whole lot okay, of... Okay, yeah, he's written a whole lot of sci-fi and fantasy short stories and stuff like that. But, uh... No, I've I've read only, like, two of his fantasy books, including this one. And something to think about him is that he... If he says something is not going to happen... Like, always assume that that's a That's setup going to, in some way, happen. going to happen. I mean, and I know that probably spoils actually more than it should, but it's, it's I think everybody I think everybody realizes there's dragons in this yeah. story at this point. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, even if you haven't watched the show, you've probably seen enough of the previews and the commercials and the promos to see the dragons. So, but the point is, is that that is a an illustrative of a pattern that he does throughout this book. If I, I read assume, any of these books, I encountered a Daenerys cosplayer with but, a dragon. But I assume, I assume <coughs> that this carries on to his next books throughout the series. <coughs> so, we'll see how that uh, plays out. Now, still. Jon Snow really acts like he's being forced into the Night's Watch, and he really isn't. Not until he says the words, and he has not said them. It would be embarrassing, but he could turn around and go home. Yeah, he could. Or he could do something else. 
Um, he can do really whatever he wants for the most part, but uh, not so much. Yeah, those he could other take ones. off on his horse and yeah, make his own life. He probably doesn't have much in the way of cash, but and he probably doesn't have much in the way of knowledge of resources. But yeah. And Yorin um, is making a stew. Um, actually, Yorin and Morik are making a stew yeah. with squirrel. a squirrel and pepper. And, um, the squirrel stew. gave some. The squirrel gave some body to the stew, and they ate it with black bread and hard cheese. That night around the fire, and Tyrion shares the wine with everybody until even Yorin grew mellow. Must have Tyrion been a... just has a lot of wine, I assume. Yeah, it must have been he a pretty big a... wine skin or more than one. No, cause... he had to have gotten, it like... was just one? Oh. What? Shared around his skin of wine. Yeah, okay, but... For pig he skin mu- of wine? No, I'm saying, Sarah, as you said, it could have been more than one. He could have had, like, five on hand, and it was just one of the ones he was working on. I mean... He would have had either it's a huge skin of wine, as you said, like bigger than he is, or it would have to be like you know, he would have to be able to refill it, and there has to be more wine. But anyway, and plenty of people eat yeah, squirrel. Yeah. Um, I've never tried it. I haven't either, but everyone I know who's had it says it's pretty good and edible. And I'm well, not against so trying it. I just never had I've the opportunity. Wor- I've had snakes long enough and worked for um, various places that had snakes. I've had to sort rodents. These were rats and mice for the most part. No squirrels. But uh, even if the rodents were kept you know frozen properly and hadn't gone bad or whatever they had a scent to them and when I think of eating any variety of rodent that's what I think of. I don't know whether that's actually true of squirrel meat, but it's kind of a thing I think about. I don't know. All I know is people have been eating squirrels for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And maybe rat... Maybe rat is delicious for all I know, but I'm not in a hurry to try it. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Yeah, they have their squirrel stew. And... Um, Tyrion is the last to retire. And he sees Jon Snow near the fire with his face still and hard looking deep into the flames. And Tyrion smiles sadly and goes to bed. Do you think Jon like, wasn't thinking that um, unpleasant family members on fire thought, but now he is? Just because Tyrion put it in his mind? or I don't know. I don't think he'd really do that. I think the only one he'd consider doing that would be to, um... Um... Catelyn or something. But even that, I don't think... Or maybe he's just looking at the fire. He doesn't need to be imagining anyone on fire. I think he's just thinking, like... He's... I, I don't know. I think he's on some kind of mission to make himself a badass. I think he's just trying to brood. Maybe. I'm just thinking I am the knight. But who knows? Who knows? And uh, that's the end of this chapter. The next one is a Catlin one, and it's got um, quite an illustration on the page next to it. Yeah. Which I think uh, is spoilery enough. I'm not going to say what's in it Let until we see it real quick. 
She's got the illustrated one. I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we've. This next chapter is actually one of my favorite ones. And um, I think that wraps it up. And thank you for listening to Cast It Into the Fire podcast. Bye.